Have you seen uh, one of these things? Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Function Call, your friendly podcast about web development, software engineering, friendship. We got AJ on the show. Hey, that's me. AJ, what's your name stand for again? A and J. That's right. And we got Grant gliding into 2021 Glidewell. Oh, God. That is the worst one yet. Yeah, you'll love it. Uh, Wait, so my name, a- AJ, is it A-Y-E-J-A-Y-E? Of course yeah, yes. not. It's spelled A-J-E. out. A-J-E. Everyone thought it was two letters. It's actually like 12. It's as Just many letters as you can fit. A-J-E. In any kind of government form. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. name is Austin Gill. This is the function call. And today, what are we talking about? I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to keep oh, it. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about uh, privacy, right? I mean, mm. we're going to talk about like uh, analytics and how it relates to privacy and like user tracking and like your internet behavior and these sorts of things, right? So uh, uh, I want to make it clear. I know nothing about how this stuff works. Um, and you're not going to gain any insight on how to implement this stuff from this show. Uh, you're basically going to hear uh, baseless opinions and uh, some, like, personal experiences. This is not going to be your, like, run-of-the-mill function call where you get some, like, insight and you grow as a developer. And after the show, yeah, you're, you're like, yes. Like, <laughs> I don't know about all that, man. Unless you're I'm talking just about, saying. Oh, is there another show? Is there another podcast called The Function Show? <laughs> the Function Call where people are getting, uh, yeah. This is Self-burn. this is basically this is an implementation of uh, Grant trying to take over the show, take it from uh, a legitimate software conversation, and just turning it into Grant rants for a whole yes. show. I'm super into that Grant rants. It's gonna be the Grant rant show. The Grant um, Ranch show. No, we're gonna we'll give you some sections here and there. I'd, but I'd listen. Nah. Um. So yeah, so, AJ, what's your thoughts on on analytics and tracking and stuff? What? Well, we should probably get yeah. into like so, describing a bit more what we're talking about. Yeah, we're doing a start on what is analytics. How how do you get an analyt? <laughs> So, um, in our pre-talk, uh, Grant and I were talking about the the page counters they used to get on websites way back in the day with, like, GeoCities, I think MySpace had yeah. them a lot of the time. Um, and basically all it was was every single time a user came to your website, this counter would increase one tick. So, you could go to a website and you could say, oh, this website has had 20,000 visits it must be really important because back in the day, that was a, a value on, on the internet. Um, and I think that uh, web developers, um, people maintaining their websites, sharing stuff on the internet, wanted to get more fidelity. They didn't want just to see just people coming to the websites. They wanted to know, all right, where did you come to this website from? Um, where are you based in the world? Uh, what language do you speak? Stuff like that. 
And so I think that analytics really spawned out of that. And then we got into much more complicated technical ways to track users. So, so this is the evolution of like the, the page uh, view counter, right? So this is not just how many people came here. It's where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. There, that just, that had to happen. <laughs> I couldn't let that one slide by. My mistake. So these are, these are things that I think, honestly, like they rub me the wrong way. Um, and that's because every argument that I hear for them is about business, right? Every argument that I hear for these things is uh, ar around making sales. Um, my, my concern comes down to uh, they're being used to like manipulate behavior on a large scale, uh, which, you know, I'm not sure we can prove or disprove during the discourse of this show. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you a story about a couple of times where some disconcerting things happened, uh, due to kind of analytics and tracking, uh, before jumping into that, do you want to talk hmm. a little bit more tech around how analytics are managed? Uh, how so? What do you mean? Uh, so, you know, cookies, like technical implementation. Tools, yeah. Tools like Google analytics, um, other things. SEO. We can't just call it like kind of evil bases. witchcraft and like leave it at that. Yeah, nah. <laughs> okay. Just roll a D twenty and. <laughs> how, yeah. <laughs> how accurate are your analytics going to be? Roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Austin, like, do you have right? You worked with analytics a lot. Yeah. So also a little bit, a little bit of background on this is Grant suggested this topic because he shared a tweet or someone shared a tweet that he shared with us to look about and it was interesting so we'll put that in the show notes uh and then we also grant and i had a some discussion about analytics on the show before um around like whether it's good or bad or whatever and i think that um my experience with analytics is kind of twofold like as a user of the internet i really don't like feeling like i'm being tracked um as a website owner i i do value having information about the people that are coming to my websites uh so yeah i've implemented i mean i usually stick with google analytics because it's free and it's super easy to implement and you get a lot of information um but Cloudflare just announced a new like privacy focus analytics thing that I've been testing out. That seems really cool. Yeah. And you can go way deep. Like I used to work in an agency where they would have people that would um, take Google Analytics things, uh, implementations and get like down, like really drill down into which buttons are being clicked the most not just like which pages are being looked at. And then you get into like A-B testing where you have, um, you can have a, two versions of the same page. And I think either at the DNS level or maybe somewhere at like a JavaScript level, it'll intercept traffic and send half the traffic to one page and half the traffic to the other. And you can see which one gets better engagement. 
Um, so yeah, analytics, analytics is really interesting to me, uh, and in a good and a bad way. Yeah, I've, I've done some work around like A-B testing with, uh, with Optimizely, um, and it's, it's pretty weird. And, and, and some of the, uh, analytics stuff around, uh, what's that product mix panel, um, and like getting kind of, uh, what do they call click funnels set up? Uh, this is one of those phrases that, uh, I think encapsulates my problem with this, which is, um, the, the overall purpose, like you guys have heard the term click funnel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that like someone, it shows you where someone started on your website and it drills down into like how far traffic has gone and where other traffic has like fallen out of the funnel. Right. Right. So they have like a goal, which is usually a purchase of some sort. And the, the funnel is the path that a user takes to get to that kind of end goal. Right. So whether that's kind of selecting products or putting their uh, like personal information in or payment information, whatever, right? So it's kind of tracking this user flow of like, you know, where, where are we losing people? Is it like when they enter their, their address, are they confused? Do they know where they live? Or is it like we asked for a credit card and they want to use PayPal, so we should like implement some sort of PayPal flow? Or is it PayPal? Like, you know, their, their service seems to be causing some sort of issue where like they drop off our, our radar and we, you know, lose sales over it. Right. So this, this kind of stuff, um, on one hand could be used to create better user experiences, right? Like that's, that's the overall kind of spiel and goal, uh, that, that I hear in a lot of places. Um, but what I see happening, and this is, this is going to bring me back to uh, my, my personal little stories around this, which is, um, so my, my brother uh, is like this giant human being. He's a bodybuilder. Um, I work out from time to time, and I bought some supplement uh, that I wanted to kind of run by him. I'm like, hey, you know, is this stuff legit? This brand seems really cool. Uh, check it out. Um, so... I send him a picture of this thing in a text message. He tells me for the next two weeks, he's getting nothing <laughs> but ads from this company. He's just getting shotgun ads from this particular oh, company. That's disgusting. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. this last week, I suggest a product to another friend of mine, like a, like a cycling product to like mount your phone to your bike. He's now, so he does a lot of work around, uh, like he runs his own PFSense server at home to filter ads. Like he is no joke. I hate advertising on the internet. Do not track me. And he knows what he's doing. These ads are getting through his PFSense filters. Like they're getting so good, they're changing the origin of them to uh, Google so that he can't filter them out. Like it's wild how aggressive this stuff is. And he searched for it once, one time. And so like this stuff Plot is twist. very, 
it's What's actually that? as a plot twist. It's actually these are all ads that Grant has put out with his own little like <laughs> Amazon referral code on. So he tells all his friends to go buy this thing and then blast them with ads until they do. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, I I think it worked on both accounts. So yeah, you know, I'm two sales deep, doing yeah. good. Net positive on the uh, returns. For sure, worth it. Worth it. <laughs> God. I think the, that's the difference, though, between, like Austin was saying, you know, as a creator of a online app, I want to make sure that I can create the best user experience. And so looking at you know, click tracking and how are my users interacting with my application and my program and my code, how am I going to make a better thing that they're going to use in a smarter, more efficient way versus... Uh, tracking user flows to then sell more stuff again and again, right? And I, I think that that gets conflated a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the end of the show, we're not going to reach a point that we can say uh, tracking is good or tracking is bad. Like, it, it's... Tracking is good. Tracking's straight <laughs> up just evil. <laughs> oh God, that this that that, that that last fifteen seconds just perfectly encapsulates <laughs> the personalities of the show. <laughs> uh, but no, like it's like tracking is tracking is fine up until a certain point, right? Like if you if if I go to a website, just a random website, and somehow they find out where I sleep and what color underwear I'm wearing. Like, yeah, way too much information. If I go to a website and they know that, oh, someone else looked at the, you know, Chewinies are awesome page. <laughs> like, but, I don't have a problem with that. But don't buy the very, the very act that you're using the internet means that you're selling that or, or giving up that information. Whoa, 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 no, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so this is this is an argument that I hear a lot, right? Like, uh -huh. there's there's two sides to this, and it's basically saying the same thing. One side is, I've got nothing to hide, which is like, shut up, you're full of it. <laughs> there is shit that I will find out about you that you will be so embarrassed. You do not want this stuff publicly known. Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely not. That's horse dookie. Um the other side of that argument is what you're saying, where, like, by using the internet, right? And so there's, there's like, huge walls of text called terms of service that we yeah. do <laughs> sign away our rights to privacy <laughs> to mm -hmm. use specific things. The internet is yeah. not one not of them. One. Absolutely not. And so, like, uh, certain, uh, get him, certain, <laughs> certain get walled him. gardens, like Facebook, like Instagram, like Twitter, like, okay, so the laundry like list of social media. Go to now. Right. So, but this, this is the problem is because these giant companies made a business out of selling your information. Everybody wants a piece of it. And not everybody is, a, is an actor that's going to, well, one, be responsible with the information, but two, they don't have the capacity or knowledge or uh, capability of being responsible or holding that information in a safe way. And so, like, there are huge issues with mom-and-pop WordPress sites collecting data on their Shopify whatever stupid customers. Um, like, if you're doing this and you're contributing to... So, like, there's... there's uh, there is a library that I will not name that allows you to 
identify a user. Uh, the function did. Channel tracks my mind. Okay, yeah, we're tracking you, nobodies. Anyway, here's so there's there's a library that I'm not going to name that allows you to identify a user uniquely by their machine, and it does it through a number of like really sneaky techniques that I know a little bit about because we tried to emulate this same way of kind of identifying a user uniquely based on their machine. Um, so what what is kind of not known is that the SaaS product that this is attached to is compiling user data using identifiable like user information. And so but it's that's like that's the key. That's the that's the that's the point of contention. Well, anonymized doesn't ne necessarily mean we can't attach it to the same user. And so like this is my problem is like they hide behind the concept of this data is anonymized when in reality uh, when you collect enough data it's no longer anonymous right yeah no data that goes over the internet is anonymous um, and like I, I tried to catch myself I said we're selling our data and try to change that right because that's <laughs> that's what it's become today but, but right, really right, right. if you want to you know enjoy the awesome products that we have on the internet today, right? It's, it's all coming from this source of tracking how users are interacting with these applications. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, uh, we're, we're getting into the, is it good? Is it bad thing? Which is kind of what we want to circle back on at the end. Uh, let's get into some of the technical details around how is information being tracked and maybe like what sort of information is being tracked. And then we can come back to Grant's feelings about it. <laughs> My delicate little feelings yeah. about it. Um, who, who knows about the GDPR um, and its stipulations on cookies? Because I think that's probably a good place to start because it, it lets us know about like cookies and limitations and things like that. I, I know a bit, but actually, before we get into that, I, I think we should talk about the the different types of trackers because cookies is one one type, but there's other ways of tracking information, right? So, just before we before we get into that, um, there is tracking that happens on the front end, so is dependent on JavaScript. So Google Analytics is going to be one of these. You, the big one. Um, they, they, you create an account, you ask for a tracking code, they give you a little JavaScript snippet, put that on your website, and then it's going to, when the website loads, it's going to run that script, it's going to go and download the actual tracking code and then take over tracking from there. That's a client-side tracker. Then there is uh, server-side tracking, which is interesting because one of the problems, well, depends what, side, what, what camp you're in, but one of the problems with client-side JavaScript-based analytic tracking is that people can block it, right? I can block any uh, resource from being loaded in the browser that comes from a specific domain. So anything that comes from analytics.google.com, I just say, hey, browser, if anything's coming from there, don't load it. Uh, pretty easy to do with a browser extension. Uh, and it won't load. So that's a that's a problem. If you are a website owner, you don't want 
to well you you care enough about analytics and so you you don't want to lose that so another way that you can implement some tracking is server-side trackers um, and this is users can't block this because once they go to the website that request goes to the back end you have control of the back end as the website owner and you can get some information about the request and track it that way and then the last way of tracking data that I know of is on a DNS level. So that's going to be when a request is made, it goes to a URL or a, uh, yeah, like a domain name. And then that's going to go to a DNS to figure out where that needs to go. And somewhere in between, uh, the, only, the only one that I know, well, no, there's a, few, there's a few of these. I think DNS Simple is one, but the only one that I'm familiar with that I've actually tried is Cloudflare. They have some, they have like two types of analytic offerings. So, uh, is this part of their, their, uh, their push to have people use their DNS resolvers? Like I remember a while ago, people are like, oh, you get an internet speed boost if you use like 8.8.8.8, which is like Google's DNS resolver. And mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, this is not free. What's going on here? Like your, your ISP can can resolve DNS. And then Cloudflare has, I think it's like 4.4.4.4, right? 1.1.1.1. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> that is much cooler than 4.4.4.4. I don't, I, I don't know why. Arbitrary numbers, but it is. <laughs> Way better. Yeah. So that does make sense that at that level, they know the origin and the like what you're requesting and they can amass huge amounts of information across like the origin so like you're not you're not necessarily dealing with a single user you're dealing with the the family right or the the entire household that's using that that uh that origin ip yeah that seems that seems really uh really valuable um, could be depends how they use it I want to throw in one more way of uh, tracking that is there are tools that actually track screen use so you can see a mouse moving yeah. around what they're clicking on and then kind of aggregate all of that data and report it to oh like, yeah. like heat maps yeah Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, fact, I've seen that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, they have. They can track. I've seen things that track what your eyes look at. It's not even. Uh, it's not even like how far down you scroll or where the mouse is moving or whatever. Um, yeah, it's crazy the different levels of the different types of things that can be tracked. Eye movement. Um, then we get into some other interesting type of tracking, which is like, what about error and exception tracking? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you feel about that, Grant? Error and exception tracking, I think, is really important to build like robust software, um, and that's something that can be totally anonymous and non-invasive, right? Like you can send class or crash reports. Um, I've worked with Sentry. I've worked with uh, other like bug tracking SaaS products that are like really, really good. Yeah, um, but how how far how far or where do you draw the line, right? Because if it's like, cool, we know that a user experienced an error and this is the error. Well, then you say, yeah, well, we can't recreate it. Let's get some information about what browser they're using and, and about like what sort of device they're using. 
And then maybe you're like, oh, that's not enough. We actually need to see, um, you know, the error and tracking reporting that will actually play back the entire user uh, session. And you're like, well, we, we still can't recreate the error, so we need to enable uh, session playback so that we can actually watch the steps that they took in order to make this error happen. You know, like where at that point are you saying it's better to make a more robust application and you've crossed a line of privacy? Yeah, yeah. We looked at implementing some of the, it's not really screen recording, but it's like error replay where it will replay what a user's behavior was in your application before it crashed. So it is kind of constantly taking a sample of like what the user's doing. I don't know exactly what, what they use to do that. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't something that we thought at the time was really valuable enough to, I think there was like money involved in mm-hmm. getting that that part of the product working. But uh, yeah, I, w- I would draw the line at um, actually recording users' behavior in an application. Now, there are there are exceptions to this. Um, yeah, like if you I don't mean, know if you don't know who the user is, like there's no way to know who the user is. Then is it okay? I think that depends on the product, right? Yeah, of course. Right. So, uh, if you have a SaaS product and you need to know if your customer is one of your gigantic clients and they're continually contacting you about like, Hey, this thing keeps breaking. Um, you would want to be able to reference that information against that customer. So you're for tracking customers then and knowing who it is. Uh, if they're using private software, right? So, uh, Apple with this new distribution of, what what version of Apple Macintosh? Definitely not uh, Linux. Is this? Hang on. Big Sur, right? With Big Sur, they introduced a bunch of privacy stuff around their apps because they're merging a lot of their mobile apps with the desktop since they're manufacturing their own silicon now. Uh, because there's not going to be much of a difference between a MacBook Pro and an iPhone. They're going to be basically the same thing, just different inputs um, eventually. But what they're doing is they're building some privacy regulations around uh, installed desktop applications and trying to enforce those across their ecosystem, which I think is a really good thing. If there's one company that's at least trying to look like they're doing the right thing in this, it's Apple. Um, They're... Their tools that they give you to kind of deny access to personal information is pretty good. Uh, but there, there are pieces of software where uh, having more information about, like you're saying, the system that's being used is really, really valuable. Um, that's not always the case. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's like a massive gray area. And that's, that's the thing is I'm not going to be in the yes camp or the no camp. Um, when it comes to like using Amazon, do you want them to to know like your buying habits? No, in fact, you know what? I'm like it I, I think I'm I think I'm totally uh contradictory on this or, or a super huge hypocrite because 
Um, I do have tracking codes on my website uh, mm. or tracking scripts, you know. And right, hey, listener, right. if you go to my website and, and you're not cool with that, by all means, put a blocker up. I don't really care. I don't actually, coll- I don't do anything nefarious with the data. I just. Uh, How do we know that? Well, and here and here's that's, the thing is, the I, I know that I don't do anything nefarious with the data. And I, you know, I just want to make sure that the content that I'm writing is what people are interested in. But mm-hmm. I can't say the same because I'm using a third party tracking. I, I can't say the same about them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. Um, but I am trying to fix that. I do want to see if this Cloudflare product is going to be better because I'm not a huge fan of giving Google all the information. But anyway, uh, on the flip side, as a user, I'm like, I'm like putting on uh, aluminum foil hats for like that's the level <laughs> that's the level that I'm getting at. Uh, I made a purchase the other day, and I was actually pretty proud of this, but. Uh, you know, there's a there's a there's a gotcha at the end. But I made a purchase the other day online with a fake name for both shipping and billing address. Um, I had to put in my real I had to put in my real shipping address because otherwise I'm not getting my product right. You didn't uh, go and get a PO box for this amateur. No, <laughs> I know maybe maybe that's like the next level. But okay, so I made a purchase right. Um, I used a fake email. Uh, address, fake like temporary inbox, um, made the account, uh, used a fake name, used here's the cool part is my bank credit card lets me generate virtual account numbers so I can put a limit on the amount that 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 number is allowed to spend and I can put a limit on how like time like when it's when it's uh when it expires. So you basically generate like a, a little temporary uh, credit card. So for this transaction, the only information they got that was legitimate about who I am is my address. No email. Interesting. Yeah, fake name. I was surprised. I, I didn't think that I would be able to, to use a fake name for the billing address even. But uh, Yeah, I mean, credit cards are typically only verified against the zip code with uh, yeah. a lot of payment processors. So, like, yeah, that would work. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's the kicker, though, is I had to send the product back because it was the wrong <laughs> size, and I couldn't I couldn't process the return because the email wasn't receiving, like, the fake inbox. Like, no I, it was temporary, and I couldn't get it back. So I don't know if I'm super, like... I don't know how I feel about this process, but I did feel really <laughs> safe that I didn't give any information. <laughs> so, yeah. Funny little twist at the end there. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I don't remember what the product is, but there's some product that, like, Linus on Linus Tech Tips is always pushing for, like... That generates a new credit card number for each, like, service or website that has, like, limits and stuff like that. So there's, there's like, SaaS products out there that do that exact yeah. thing. I like the virtual. Um, I really like the virtual thing. If you ever have to sign up for a service that's, like, oh, first month free and then we're going to charge you, you're, like, cool. I'll put a $1 limit on this thing. And even if I forget to cancel it, good luck charging yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done that with Tidal. They got money from me that they shouldn't yeah. have. Oh, I do with everything now. I love it. Pretty cool, but so 
as a developer, like you were saying, around how you're conflicted about this, mm-hmm. um, isn't that just an example of like, kind of limiting the dev team's ability to make a better product? Because all of a sudden, user X shows up from nowhere, buys something, and then leaves versus they saw Austin go in, navigate the site, choose a product, select it, yada, yada. Yeah, they could have been able to like glean from your, your actual information that you needed a different size than what you ordered, right? Mm-hmm. And made that suggestion or, you know, right. yeah. something yeah, yeah. like that. Or like, I mean, Amazon is probably the best example of this where they're like, oh, you're buying this? Other people buy these products. Let me suggest yeah. it. And it's like, hey, you bought toilet paper at the beginning of a pandemic. Studies show people are running out of that much amount of toilet paper right about now. You want you want your new one? Yeah. Right. So but that, yeah, but that's, a little, that's a little, like part of the mm-hmm. problem though, right? Is mm-hmm. there's, there's part of me that wants the convenience. Like, just personally, not developer, right? Yeah. There's part of me that wants the convenience of like, having ads that are appropriate to me, right? Like, here's, here's another personal gripe I have is that my age bracket uh, <laughs> constantly being advertised alcohol, right? Like, yeah. some, some sort of... And, like, I don't drink. I haven't fucking drink... Like, it's been 20-plus years. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And somehow, these algorithms are not smart enough to know that I haven't bought alcohol in my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, like, it's like you were saying at better. the beginning, right? Yeah, like uh, there's value for app development, but we don't have the like efficiency to make it happen yet. And there's this like disconnect. It's, it's it still seems to be kind of in its infancy, right? Mm-hmm. Where like yeah. it's good at tracking certain things, uh, but it's it's not good enough. It's not good at making decisions. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's where all of our bad ads come from and, um, and why we don't like the bad ads. But well, they've, again, they've gone back to like, have you seen these things? They're, they're asking for like manual feedback. Like, <laughs> is this ad no relevant way. to you? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good way to make me <laughs> stop using your product. I, I always fill those <laughs> out. YouTube does this. No, you don't. I do them yeah. all the time. Yeah, because they, they can't get smarter if we don't give them data. And they need uh, real God, human data because obviously, it. like we just said, <laughs> the robots can't figure it out. AJ, when, when the robox apocalypse comes, you're going to be spared for your... Oh, for your, oh your, yeah, for your contributions it, to new robo society. It, it's not going to be an apocalypse. I'm, I'm going to be the new robo king. Oh man, AJ's the dude that sits there for half an hour clicking all the cars and all yeah. the signs. I do. He's like, he's like, <laughs> mm. he's like, let me let me reload the page really quick. I didn't get my fix. I need to fill in a few more. Like, wait, are you sure I'm not a robot? I might be. <laughs> <laughs> this is robot. a cover. Oh man, it's right. so good. Uh, cool. We should probably get back on track. Um, Here's my gripe. Performance, right? Ah, yeah, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, so on, on one hand, as a developer, yeah, these things can be very helpful. Um, but the, the, the performance of a website can um, very quickly and easily go to absolute uh, trash as soon as you start including Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager with somebody shoving a bunch of stuff in there that doesn't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. Like, it can, it can get so bad so fast. And, and like, you know, in, in my previous job, I worked a lot with Gatsby and I worked at, you know, really high-performing, all 100s-level expectations. Um, so, like... We, I I don't see that trade-off being great unless you have like a very detailed plan of like what am I going to do with my analytics? What are we actually tracking? Like, what's the point of this? You know, like, and is yeah. that trade-off worth hurting really really good performance? Um, and yeah. some business people are savvy enough to realize like no performance is really key, especially when people are on you know, primarily tiny devices that don't always have the best connection. Like a, a, a four 100 score on uh, like in, in performance doesn't guarantee that like your website is going to load really, really fast on like slow 3G. Um, so like the, we've covered a lot of this in our performance stuff, but like this, this is one of the key uh Speed bumps? Huh? huh? Uh, wow, wow. Yeah. I like it. In performance. And that's the end of my TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a business decision that people need to make that I'm sure people are asking themselves uh, presently about uh, is the... <laughs> I'm just so entertained by myself. <laughs> <laughs> So when I say when I say a pun, it's crickets. But when you say a pun, is what it I is. think I'm funny. I, yeah, well, you know, looks aren't everything. So oh, oh, oh. oh shots yeah. fired. Yeah, sorry. No, you look good. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna calm down now. <laughs> um, but so that like this is the thing is is the whole performance uh, argument that is only relevant because performance impacts conversions. Kind of, but there's also the the dev task there too of like if you need to add any kind of code to make analytics work that could be exponentially more work. But if you're making a better user experience then it's worth it. Well, so yeah, so it, it depends. So here's the thing is, one, uh, adding Google Analytics to a website, I don't know if that really slows it down so much because the tracking code by Google is implemented to be really, really good. And you can, load it, it? And you can load it in a way that's, a, that's uh, like async deferred. So it's not going to block the initial pain, right? So then, then the, only, the only performance concerns you have as far as the Google Analytics tracking code is you're asking your user to download more data, which doesn't 
really matter for most users, although if users are paying for their data, then they're paying to, de- like, they're eating into their data allocation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing is the performance of the script actually running, right? Because with JavaScript, there's, like, two sort of performance metrics you need to worry about, the initial download and then also the runtime. Mm-hmm. Um and I also and don't think like anal- like Google Analytics specifically is is that bad. I've never experienced. And I'm saying like if you want to add more like a button interaction event, yeah. you can do that, and that's going to be cost on somebody's side, either a dev or a manager who's operating the um, I forgot what they call it, but you know there's ways to do it either through code or through. UI Google tools. Tag Manager. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah you're right. You're right. That is more work. And but 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 getting back to my original point on this is that we're talking about uh, ultimately the only reason on both sides of the performance or the analytics spectrum, if you want to look at it as performance versus analytics, the point of both of those is to improve conversions. Like, Grant, you were talking about sales, and the only reason people care about analytics is to improve sales. That's not true. Um, I want to improve readership. Uh, Is that not sales? I don't sell anything. No. It's not monetary, but there is value. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, but but that's that's what I'm... Yeah, that's what I'm I'm using as conversion. Or, you know, whatever. KPIs, if you want to use it. Uh, it's not always about sales, right? So it can be good things, even if you're anti, even if you're anti-commercialism, right? It can be good to yeah. uh, have a search engine that every time someone does a search, they decide to plant a tree, right? You want you want more people to do searches, more trees are planted. What's the problem? Key performance indicator, by the way, for people who are not in the know about Ooh. KPIs. Right. I just it's had like, to Google that. I hear people <laughs> say that all the time, it's, and I yeah. don't. It's like I think most 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 websites are like that you think of are trying to make money some way, and so mm-hmm. it's it's like just think of it as the number one thing that they're trying to get a user to do, right? So if I have performance as a as a uh, an issue on my website, that's going to hurt me in two places. One is because Google cares about performance means it's going to affect my SEO, which means I'm not going to search, I'm not going to end up in search engines so good, which means that less people are going to see my website, which means fewer people are going to come to my website, which means few people are going to do what I want them to do on my website. And then number two is performance of the user that's actually on my website uh, can negatively impact their experience, which causes them to leave, which means fewer people do what I want them to do on my website. Um, and so, yeah, if analytics really gets in the way, then you might do better. You might like get to your goal of in the, let's just say sales, right? You might sell more, uh, if you remove tracking because you've increased, improved performance. Um, if the tracking code is like such a minor thing that it, it slightly negatively impacts performance, but it allows you to get analytics that lets you, create a better user experience or you actually like look at the analytics and and make key decisions on it 
even if you don't even if you don't make a better user experience, but you change the button color from green to red because you saw that you know the red one does better via the analytics, well, it's not a benefit to the user, but it is a benefit to your goal as a website owner. That's all I, I gotta I say. <laughs> so like we've we've gone from a world, right? And and you know, this will be kind of my final thoughts on this. We've gone from a world where if if I wanted to sell things, um, I, I, I would need to pay for commercial space. I would need to open up a store. I would need to have staff. I, and I, I, I would have users come into my store. I would know nothing about these people. I wouldn't collect information on them. I wouldn't, you know, ask for their phone number so that I could, like, grocery stores with this phone number stuff, like, you're going to save $7 today if you know, you give me your phone number. Uh, this stuff blows my mind. Like, absolutely not. No, you cannot have my information. Um, it, it, we've gone from a world where you judge how things sell based on how they sell. The information that you have at hand is not about your customers, right? You get a sense of that because you're in the store and you can watch them and you can kind of see how they walk around and these things. Um, but in general there are things that you're kind of blind to. And this is where, uh, you know, companies would do studies on, you know, what color is going to sell better. And they would use uh, small groups, like small sample sizes of people and get opinions and go with that. And I feel like the whole world has become this beta test of how better to sell stuff to yourself. Like it's, everything about it feels wrong and feels very profit driven um, when the internet is about sharing information, not selling things. Um, like it's the reason that I was able to change careers. And I think people often forget that, um, you know, there's, so much great stuff out there um, that doesn't necessarily require a credit card. Um, you know, maybe use that for a while. Yeah, I want to get some. I want to. I want to hear some thoughts on from AJ because I think uh, I think that when when you talk about analytics and privacy, in my experience, a lot of the conversation is around wanting or maybe my own. Uh, based on my own, like, what is it? When I when you when you cast your views on other people, when I'm projecting, maybe it's what I'm projecting is that privacy is important and therefore tracking is bad and whatever. But I think that AJ, you are pro analytics, so I'd like to hear more, like your last take on this. Mm-hmm. So I. I really liked uh, how Grant kind of wrapped it up um, and that, right, analytics don't have to be to prove profit. What we're trying to do is make a better program, right, and make us as coders better at providing more value in our products. And you can't do that like you said, Grant, around, like, if you have 10 customers come into your, 
your your business, that's a that's a tiny sample size. If you open it up to the entire internet, right now you have the full power of the internet providing you data and value to make a better product. And yes, a lot of it has become, does this button have to be red or green? And right, stuff like that, which is sad. But without that kind of data, we wouldn't get the, the cool data that actually makes us be better coders. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that just because uh, an analog thing exists is comparable to a digital thing doesn't mean that you have to hold them to the same standards like just because shopping in person uh there's no way for a a a store owner to know where you live or whatever or what language you speak or what country you're from or whatever um doesn't mean that shops online have to abide by the same sort of principles that's not to say that they have free reign Mm -hmm. but um it is the internet it's totally different and there are some benefits to brick and mortar that the internet cannot do there's some things that the internet can do that brick and mortar can't and so you know play to play to your strengths and, and it'll be interesting like the in the future when all of this data is tracked and aggregated somewhere and you have things like uh, was it GPT-3 or, you know, artificial intelligence that, like, thrives on more information, what's going to happen? Whether a good, whether for the good or the bad, um, it'll be interesting to see. So, AJ, I know that you have a hard stop in a few minutes, so I think unless someone else has something else to, to say on the subject... I'm the only someone else. <laughs> well, is that, that I'll take it that's all you had to say. That's all I have to say about uh, that. Let's kick it to um to shout outs. Any any products that uh it's been a while since we've had one of the shows, so um maybe there's something that you came across uh or maybe something you did. Could be personal thing, um could be product, could be a service, could be an activity. Uh, AJ, you go first because I know you got the the deadline. So, yeah. sure. uh, uh, I don't know if I shared this before, but if I did, I'm going to share it again. It's called Epsilon Notes. It's an app. Um, I have an Android, so I know it's for Android. I don't know if it's on uh, iOS, but it's just a really cool note keeping app um, that's just really markdown friendly, very easy to use, has lots of shortcuts and things that you can do. Um, little kind of macros with, so that's fine. Nice. It does not exist in the Apple ecosystem. I just <laughs> checked. Good to know. So Android only. Sorry, folks. It's too bad. Um, as long Grant, as I know how to spell epsilon, which I don't know that I do. Grant, you uh, you got anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, maybe, uh, what is it? Adblock plus. That's pretty good. That's relevant. Um, yeah, I, I like that. It seems to work. Okay. I know that there's, there's a, a couple of newer, uh, like browser plugins that work well and some stuff that's a little friendlier in, uh, in Firefox and like edge and some of the other browsers, but it seems yeah. to work pretty well for me. 
Yeah, I've got one along those lines that's like intense. Ooh. It's called uh, U Matrix, and the yeah, Matrix. It's U U Matrix. Um, it's like you you configure it on a on a per domain basis, and by default, it allows everything on a like everything loaded from a first party thing, but anything that's third party, it blocks. So CSS, JavaScript, iframes, it blocks everything. So it ends up breaking a lot of the internet. Um, and then one one domain at a time, you can actually enable them either like for the current domain you're on, or you can enable it across your across the internet. Um, so it's a pain at first, but very slowly you can start blocking like everything. So I go to I go to a bunch of websites and I don't get any ads at all, which is nice. Um, Ah, something that we forgot to mention was uh, if you're interested in tracking and care about privacy for your users, uh, alternatives to Google Analytics, uh, we had a few listed here. I know Cloudflare offers something um, kind of new. I've given it, I've given it a, or I'm, I'm currently testing it. Uh, I don't know how good or reliable it is, but there is also Fathom at usefathom.com and Plausible at plausible.io. We haven't, I haven't used any of those. I don't know if you guys have, but privacy-focused nope. analytics. Seems cool. Seems like a nice thing to do uh, if you don't hate your users and just want to use them users. for their money. Don't be a dick. <laughs> I don't use, and I try not for. to use expletives on this show, so. Uh, cool. Uh, I'm going to pick um, Merino Wool. So I moved recently to a much colder location and I'm getting used to living in a cold climate for the first time. Uh, and I have been turned on to using wool products. So like got myself some nice wool socks. Uh, Flavia got me some really cool like slipper shoes uh, that are all like wrapped in wool. So for and, people who uh, are, are listening to this on the podcast and can't see what he held up is essentially a wool crock. It's a wool <laughs> crock, yeah, with a rubber sole, which is cool. Um, and I've got a merino wool shirt. So merino wool is slightly different than regular wool um, in that it costs a lot more <laughs> for one. Yeah. Um, but it's supposed to be like, uh, it's kind of, it's totally different than like wool products. You can get it for like, really thin so like athletic shirt the shirt i'm wearing right now is merino wool um so it can feel like a regular shirt it's not like super itchy like uh like what you think of standard wool like some um, thick also, wool sweater yeah it also so it's really good for thermoregulation um keeping you warm when it's cold keeping you kind of cool when it's warm it whisks away sweat and it's supposed to be antibacterial which means it's odor resistant but i have put it to the test and I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think I got a defective one or something. Have you but. wrecked your merino <laughs> clothes, dude? No, no. You know what? Actually, it's really good. It's just me that stinks, in fact, because I'll take the shirt off and, like, you know, after an hour, I'll come back and sniff it, and it's totally fine. It's just me. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we'll I, I'm saying is the product I'll works. I'll spare you the details. <laughs> yeah, I will... Uh, 
I will back you up 100% on the merino wool layers. Um, I yeah. got one for cycling because it gets below 60 degrees in San Diego sometimes, and that Ooh. makes it very cold to <laughs> to go fast. I know, like, it's you're in the Pacific Northwest, and it's absolutely nothing compared. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that thing keeps me, like, hot. I get too hot. It's crazy. Too hot to handle. Too hot. Okay, cool. Well, that is our show, and I want to thank everyone that is listening and everyone that was around for the live stream. Um, that's it from Austin, AJ, and Grant. All right. Hooray. Later, skaters. <laughs> that's how I'm signing off from now on. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, you look like you want to say something. Yeah. <laughs> You're just gliding into those skate puns. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. All right. That's it. Show's over. See ya. The Function Call was edited, mixed, and mastered by Kato Zane. See her work at katonoise.com. For show notes, other episodes, and more information about the show, visit our website at thefncall.com. Which is going to pick up a lot more room noise. Oh, here you go. I'm, I'm going to throw a joke into the future because <laughs> Kato is cringing right now at this entire conversation. <laughs>